You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 49, and we're going to be talking about the fact that you don't need to be troubled because it's all going to work out. That's what this scripture communicates, and we're going to look at it together in just a moment. But before we do, just a couple quick things I wanted to share with you. As I mentioned each week, I just wanted to invite you to stop by our website, which is desirejesus.com. I'll highlight a few of the things that we have on the website. We have our blog slash online Bible studies, and all that content is available for free to download and read and share online if that would be beneficial to you or to those that you care about. Uh, We also have our bookstore and and devotional resources that you could access on the website. We have links to our podcast, so if you're listening to this show, you're already familiar with our informal Bible study, but we'd also encourage you to check out the Chapter a Day audio Bible, and I just checked some of the stats on our audio Bible podcast and noticed that we just crossed over our 600,000th download. (laughs) Am I saying that right? 600,000th. I don't know why that sounded funny to me, but I was grateful to see that number. And uh, it's interesting because in our first year of hosting that podcast, it's been up for two years now, in our first year we received about 100,000 downloads, which I was really encouraged by. But in the course of the past year, that has just about quintupled. So sometime later this year, I have to figure out how we may be able to celebrate our one millionth download. That seems to be coming up rather shortly. But we'd invite you to check both of those podcasts out, and you could find them both at DesireJesus.com. And one other thing you can find on the website is a link to sign up to be on our newsletter slash email list. And what we do with that is each week, usually on Tuesday, we send out a newsletter with links to any updated Bible studies that we have on the website, or if any of the books that we make available are currently being offered for free on Amazon, or if there's anything else of interest that we think would be valuable to you, we try and include that in that newsletter. So you could sign up for that at the website, again, desirejesus.com. We hope you'll stop by. And don't be afraid to drop us an email as well. There's a contact link there. We always enjoy having the privilege to hear from those who listen to the podcast. Now, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, today we're looking at Luke chapter 24, verses 36 to 49, and we're talking about the fact that we don't need to be troubled because it's all going to work out. And I'm going to read that for us today as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is what it says in Luke 24, starting with verse 36. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. Then he said to them, 
These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses and the Prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures, and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it together today as we celebrate your resurrection from the grave. Lord, we're grateful for the privilege to be able to look at the content of what you discussed with your disciples as you were opening their eyes and their hearts and their minds to be able to understand what the Scriptures were saying in regard to you. So, Lord, we pray that you would do the same for us. We pray that we would understand your word more completely and that our hearts would be drawn close to you by faith. We love you, Lord, and we're grateful for the privilege to be able to look at this portion of Scripture today as we celebrate your resurrection together. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. It probably goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is the central event of our faith. Everything we believe rests on that singular event. If Jesus did not rise from death, our faith would be pointless. If our Savior is dead and buried, then we are all still spiritually dead, chained to our sins, and destined to spend our eternities as rebels who are banished from the presence of God. But Jesus is not dead. The tomb is empty. He rose from the grave just as he assured his followers he would. Because of his resurrection— we can be assured that we who believe in him will also rise from death. As we trust in Jesus, he lives within us. The grip sin had on our lives has been broken. The command Satan had over us has been nullified. The sting of death has been replaced with the assurance of eternal life. And I bring this up today to encourage our hearts with the truth that Jesus took the time to explain to his early followers. We don't need to be troubled, because everything is going to work out. Jesus has secured the ultimate victory on our behalf over everything that was torturing and defeating us. This is the kind of confidence Jesus was seeking to instill in his followers after his resurrection. And as we look at this passage, and as we attempt to foster the same kind of confidence in Christ that his early followers were developing, there are several questions based on this passage that are worth asking. And I think the first question is this, why do you wrestle with doubt? Look again at verse 36 and some of the verses that follow right after that. It says this, as they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? 
And why do doubts arise in your hearts? And then Jesus went on to say, he said, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate before them. It's a fascinating portion of Scripture because it was a clearly established fact that Jesus had been crucified and killed. Crowds witnessed it. Soldiers facilitated it. A spear jammed through his lungs and heart confirmed it. His corpse had been placed in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea after Pilate himself confirmed with a centurion that Jesus had been executed. And on top of that, a large stone had been rolled in front of the tomb where Jesus was placed, and that tomb was sealed, made secure, and guarded by Roman soldiers. Yet just as he promised, Jesus rose from death on the third day and began appearing to his followers who had been deeply shaken, discouraged, and disturbed by the harsh torture and the execution he received. He appeared to the women at the tomb. He appeared to his disciples. He walked with others on the road to Emmaus. And the people were startled at his appearing. Even in this passage, Jesus needs to to calm down the startled people because they were so frightened at his appearing, and they thought they were seeing a spirit. I also find it interesting that Jesus sat down and had some fish with them, confirming that he actually was there in the flesh right in front of them eating food. And I like the question Jesus asks this group as he appears to them. He asked them, why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your hearts? That's a question that's worth wrestling with. In their context, Jesus had already told them multiple times that he was going to be executed and then rise from the grave. I don't know if these people thought that these were allegorical statements or what, but when these events began playing out right in front of them, they were perplexed and they were terrified. Interestingly, they were also joyful, so in some respects, it seems like these believers were experiencing maybe emotional overload. But they were seeing things they had never seen before, and it was taking time to process it all. Doubt is a natural thing for us to experience. From time to time, we have all experienced doubt. It's not uncommon for us to doubt God's goodness, His provisions, His protection, or His promises for the future, because to believe these things, we have to trust that we are going to one day witness things with our eyes, that we have never seen before. It's difficult to trust what we have not seen, but that's what the Lord joyfully invites us to do. We wrestle with doubt because our hearts prefer to walk by sight. But here's a secret worth remembering. Walking by sight fosters fear, not trust. If you want to live a fearful life, Trust only what the limited and isolated experiences of your life have allowed your eyes to see. If, on the other hand, you want to experience joy, trust Jesus, who invites us to become confident in Him and rest in the knowledge that our lives and our futures are safe in His hands. 
Another question I think that's worth asking that this portion of Scripture invites us to ask is this. Do you understand the message the Scriptures have been trying to reveal to you? Look at verse 44 down to verse 48. It says this. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The more I read the Bible, the more interesting it becomes to me. I honestly feel like every time I start to become familiar with its content, deeper forms of information and application start to become apparent to me as the Holy Spirit applies the teaching of the Scriptures to my heart. One of the most fascinating aspects of the Bible is that the Holy Spirit inspired it to be progressively written over the course of about 1,500 years, even though it is really 66 individual books written on three continents in three different languages over a period of approximately 1,500 years by more than 40 authors who came from many walks of life, the Bible remains one unified book from beginning to end without contradiction. And when you read through the pages of the Bible, you begin to see that the content of each book is trying to point your heart toward trusting in Jesus. Following his resurrection, Jesus attempted to clarify this for his followers, and he explained to them that the entire Old Testament, whether you're reading the books of law, poetry, or prophecy, they all point to him. Time and time again, God's people were told that the Savior was coming. They were told where he would be born, the family line he would be born into, some of the words he would say, the way he would die, when he would die, why he would experience death, along with the fact that he would rise from death to offer salvation to the nations. It's all there. It's all included in the Old Testament scriptures, the law, the poetry, the prophecy. It all points to Jesus. But it's also true that unless the Lord opens our minds to understand these things, it will seem like foolishness to us, and we won't understand what we're reading. The simple fact that the creator of mankind would take on flesh like his creation and allow himself to be humiliated, tortured, and killed by the people he made seems foolish to those who don't believe, but that's exactly what Jesus came to do. The Apostle Paul made reference to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, where he said, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Still, just as Jesus promised, he suffered for our sin, then rose to secure victory over sin while proving to us that he is indeed God in the flesh. And as Jesus states in this passage, the story of what he is accomplishing continues even beyond his resurrection. 
He tells us that his will for this era of human history is that his gospel, the message of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. That's the part of his redemptive story that's still being written. That's the part that we have the joyful privilege to participate in with him. As he has opened up our eyes to see our need for him, he also gives us his words to speak to others in his efforts to open their eyes as well. Do we understand this? Is this message and this mission ringing loud and clear in our minds? There's one other question I think this portion of Scripture invites us to ask today, and that's this. Do you appreciate the nature of the power you've been blessed with? Look at verse 49. It says this, And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. I'm glad it's starting to feel like spring here where I live in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, I didn't despise winter as much as I normally do this year, but warmer temperatures and less shoveling are always welcomed by me, and I think most of my family feels the same exact way. And one of the least enjoyable aspects of the recent storms that we experienced in this region was losing power to our home. It amazes me to observe just how much our routine changed when we were forced to huddle together in a cold, dark house waiting for our electricity to return. We definitely missed it while it was gone. Well, Jesus also speaks of power in the closing verse of this passage that we're looking at today. He recognizes that power is something that we desperately need, particularly as we seek to live as his faithful followers in this fallen world. At the time, Jesus told his disciples to stay in Jerusalem for a little while until they were clothed with power. He said he would be sending the promise of his Father to them, and at that point they would have the power that they needed to fulfill the work he had called them to do. What was Jesus referring to in this conversation? Well, Jesus was speaking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. Scripture reveals to us that God exists in three co-equal and co-eternal persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus was now returning to the Father, and as he did so, he would send the Holy Spirit who would live within and work through all those who trusted in Jesus. Do you realize that if your faith is in Christ, the Holy Spirit lives within you, and he grants you divine power, counsel, and wisdom? It can be easy at times to feel powerless in this world. I remember when I was growing up, I would watch a lot of wrestling. And one of the moves that was frequently used by the wrestlers was something that was called the sleeper hold, or sometimes they'd just call it the sleeper. And it was a move that, if it was properly applied, could theoretically cause someone to lose consciousness. And the person in the hold would grow weaker and weaker and weaker until they eventually fell asleep. Well, sometimes I wonder if the concerns and the worries of this world have us feeling like we're in a perpetual sleeper hold. 
How much of our time is spent dwelling on the concerns that are choking us compared to the amount of time we spend recognizing and appreciating the power that we've been given through the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives? Consider this. The presence of the Holy Spirit within you also guarantees that just as death couldn't defeat Jesus, death won't be able to defeat you either. Christ's victory is now your victory. Look at what we're told in Romans chapter 8, verse 11. It says this, If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. That means you haven't been left powerless in this world. If you believe in Jesus, that means that living within you right now is the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. Sin can't crush you any longer. Satan's intentions to destroy your life won't be victorious. Death has lost its grip of fear over you because the Holy Spirit lives within you and has granted you His divine power. Today, as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, let's also remember what this means for us. We don't need to wander in doubt. We don't need to be confused about the message the Lord was seeking to communicate in His Word. We don't need to live like we're powerless in this world. We don't need to be troubled. In Christ, everything is going to work out. Our resurrected Savior will one day raise us up to be with Him, and we'll experience an eternal joy that will not fade with time and can never be taken away from us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for these reminders today as we look at this portion of Scripture and reflect on the fact that you rose from the grave. Lord, we're grateful that we, along with believers all throughout this world, have the privilege to celebrate your resurrection. We thank you, Lord, that in your resurrection you proved that you are God who came to this earth in the flesh, that you defeated sin, that you defeated Satan, that you defeated death, and that you share your victory with every single person who trusts in you. We're grateful, Lord, that we have the privilege to be reminded of these things as we meditate on the content of your scriptures today. And we pray, Lord, that you'd help us to keep these reminders on our minds and in our hearts each and every day, that we would trust in you, that we would love you, that we would follow you, and that we would rejoice in the fact that you have rescued us from sin, Satan, and death. Thank you, Lord, for all of these things. Thank you for the blessing of being part of your family through faith in you. And we pray that we would walk with you faithfully today and every day that we live. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the start of our episode, we invite you to stop by our website, which is desirejesus.com. You'll find our blog, our bookstore, our podcasts, and our newsletter there. And if you get the chance during the course of the week, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a message. Let me know that you listen to the show, and certainly let me know if there's a way that I could be praying for you during the course of the week. But it's always an encouragement to hear from listeners who listen to the informal Bible study during the course of the week. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. 
Has fear stolen your peace? I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, helping you fight your fears and grow your faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.